0: So I made that video three years ago, the very first set of messages, the very first series that I ever did at this church. Um, You can't tell because the video quality is not great um, and because I made it my first one, but what was behind the letters was Jesus being crucified. And I thought to myself, you know, I should go back and fix that, but there's just something sentimental about it being the first one that I just didn't want to touch it and mess with it. That whole section uh, of, of spoken word there is, is, is all about who we are as the church, the situations we get into as the church, what you've signed up to be as the church and what you've signed up to be as a Christian. And three years ago, as I, I walked into these, these doors, um, I'd started in September. Um, Scott helped me from September to December. And then in January, I was turned loose on my first youth group. And the message and, the, and the, the, the thought that was just pushing through my mind when I first started everything was HODOS. And if you've been around long enough, you've probably heard this message, you've heard this story. It's a different, it's the same set of scriptures, but it's a different message for tonight. But, but I want to start our year off, and we start our year off every year with a message on who we are, why our youth group is called HODOS. And for those of you that don't know, HODOS means the way. It is what the very first Christians were called. They were called people of the way. It's also the Greek word for the way, the truth, and the life in John 14, 6, which is where we're going to be tonight. It's also the word for when Paul was on the road to Damascus. It talks about how the way, totos. And what that whole thing symbolizes, what the whole thing is talking about, what we we based our youth group on, what God really put on my heart three years ago to, to start this thing out with, is I wanted us to be people of the way. Because I felt deep within my heart that there was this thing called cultural Christianity that had no depth, had no meaning, had no seriousness to it. That the word Christian had lost all of its meaning, just like the word love has lost all of its meaning. I can love tacos and love my wife use the same word. It means vastly different things. The word is hollow. The word is Christian is the exact same way. And so we changed who we wanted to be called as a youth group, who we want to be identified as. We want to be identified as people of the way because when people looked at our lives, they should see something different. When they listen to our words, they should hear something different. When they see our actions, they should feel something different within us. You know, so much more than just holding a door or being nice to some people. It's about presenting the gospel well and to be known by the fact that you walk in the way. So each year we come back to this set of scriptures. Just return turn to uh, John chapter 14 with me. That's where we'll be. John chapter 14. We start in, in verse 1 and we'll go down to verse 7. Um, I just want to look at that. I want to look at the verse that we get our name from. I want to look at what that means, what that should mean for us, and, and everything about it sets up the mission for who we are. You know, the funnel, if you will, everything we pour into is about the name. So everything we do, every every way we set up small groups, every way that we set up Sunday nights, every event that we do, is set up in a way to help you guys look more like people of the way. So it's a it's super important that we talk about it and that you guys know it, and you know it well. Um, to start off, though, um, I'm going to pray, and then uh, we'll jump into this thing. Father, you know, it's the first night back of a new year, and, and I already feel you moving. God, the worship just being able to sit back and listen to worship and listen to the sounds of, of, of the, the sheep that you've given me, to shepherd singing. that's a beautiful noise. I don't know if there's ever a more beautiful noise than hearing your people worship. Um, it's, a, it's a sweet fragrance that rises up to you. It's what the Bible says, that our, our praises and our, our, uh, our admiring you, just everything that we do, if we do it with the right heart, we do it with the right spirit. It's a, it's a sweet fragrance, a sweet offering to you, God, that gives you pleasure, that gives you glory. And I believe that's what's already taking place in here tonight. God, so I pray as we continue that you would speak through me. God, that you would help me elaborate on this this very, very complex, beautiful verse. <clears throat> God, and that you would speak to the hearts and minds of the people in this room. God, for the one that's not saved, God, I pray desperately that you would save them tonight. For the one that has lost their way, the one that has lived for themselves, the one that that has run from you, God, I pray that you would pull them back. God, no matter what the situation, no matter where the circumstances led them, God, I pray that tonight they would understand that you are the way, not just to salvation, God, but the way for life, the way for purpose, the way for peace. Everything about you is the way. God, so speak through me. Let that be the message tonight. Let that be with the hearts and minds of the people in this room here. God, I I praise you for it. Amen. So, I want to tell you a story um, real quick that shares a little bit about who I am as a person, and you'll probably get a kick out of it. So a couple years back, me and Olivia had just gotten married. We're kind of still like newlyweds. um, And my parents asked us to go up to Pigeon Forge with them for the weekend. I um, was excited. We were going to stay in this like big house. Um, and it was the first time that like, I'd gotten to take my wife somewhere with like, my family. So we got our own room, and it was weird because I was like, my parents are here. This is so strange. Um, not that anything like that happened, but it was just weird because we were with my family. Um, but I was excited because we were going to get to go to Gatlinburg. We are going to go like on the, 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 the weird thing that shoots you up in the air. What's that called? I'm losing my words nope not roller coaster the um chairlift. chairlift thank you Jamie the chairlift um it was beautiful and it was kind of snowy and it was around Christmas time so we're going to get to see the Christmas parade so I'm excited but we get closer to the time and me and Olivia had some stuff to do earlier that day so we had to drive separate and I've never really driven by myself the way that we're going to go to Gatlinburg at that time so I plug it in the GPS GPS gives me the time I was like sweet this is awesome. We're going to get there. We're going to have a blast. And so we head up the road, and uh, me and Olivia are just having a, the time of our lives. We're goofing off, being stupid, singing horrible, horrible music, um, which is a favorite of ours. Um, we'll pick like, some 90s music that's just awful and just sing it at the top of our lungs. So if people drive by us and see us, we're like losing it in the car. Um, so we're having a blast and we get close. And we had to leave later in the day. It's December, so it was like getting dark to where we really couldn't see well. And we're about, I don't know, we're about 25, 30 minutes away from Gatlinburg and we get in standstill traffic. If anybody has ever ridden in a car with me, you know that's not my favorite thing. I get really nervous. I start rambling, start getting really, really sweaty. And I immediately have to go to the bathroom. Just. We're just getting real tonight. That's how, we, that's how we are. And so I start freaking out. And Olivia's, you know, she's, she's awesome. She's, like, trying to calm me down. And I was like, we got, there's got to be another way. There's got to be another way to get into Gatlinburg. And so she pulls her phone out. And GPS says, alternate route in, like, 0.5 miles. It's like, I don't care how much longer it will take us. I don't care what we have to go through. We're taking the alternate route, hands down. She's okay, so we wait, I think it's like another 30 minutes to move like 0.5 miles, and I bolt off this path, and we start going. Now, Tennessee, if you've never driven through there, is not the most cell phone-friendly place, um, so we're, we're booking it through these little back roads, and, and it says that we're like 10 minutes away from the destination, and we're going to a cabin that's on the outskirts of Gatlinburg, so I'm not thinking anything of it. You know, that we're driving down these weird, sketchy back roads. Um, if y'all have gone to Gatlinburg with us before, we took that crazy, sketchy back road that one time and thought we were all going to die falling off a cliff. Yeah, Rooster Road. Yeah, it was, it may have been fun for you guys, but me and Blake, yeah, had to change our drawers when we got to this place. Um, so it's like, it's typical, you know, so I'm not thinking anything of it. And it says, turn right. We're almost at a destination, turn right, and I see a gravel driveway. It says, turn right on. I was like, you know. I don't really know if this is our destination, but we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna find out. So at this point, it's like seven thirty, eight o'clock. We go up this gravel driveway, and it says, arrived at your destination, and we're just in the woods. There's, <laughs> there's nothing. There's literally nothing there. And I'm like, well, maybe it's a little farther down, so I keep on going, keep on going. And we get to these cabins. Now, they're not like the subdivision cabins that you're used to at Gatlinburg. It's just like two or three that are kind of spotted on either, either side, but they don't look... Like They were ones you would rent, um, look like people very much lived there. And so we get to the top of this thing and I pull around. It's December in Tennessee, maybe 25 degrees outside. We roll up and this is the back of this house. And there's a dude on the back porch in cut off blue jeans, right here, no t shirt, four dogs. <laughs> I roll down the window. He said, Y'all lost? I said, apparently um I told him we were trying to go he said yeah y'all 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 are not even close I said well how do I get back he said the best I can do is tell y'all how to get back to the kind of some main roads Well we get back to some main roads and by the time I get back to the main road I lose all cell phone signal all cell phone signal no Olivia didn't have cell phone signal so I'm stuck in the mountains of Tennessee there's not a soul on the road I've just experienced a you know let's just be real half-naked man sitting on the back porch with you know, his army of dogs. Um, and I, who was previously panicked, now, you know, I was like a seven. I'm all the way to a 12 at this point. Um, freaking out, can't call my mom, can't do anything. And we pull into this little podunk, little church. It looks like it maybe holds 10 people. Um, and we sit there. And I began to get more and more nervous because we're lost. I don't have that much gas. It's really, really cold. I'm here with my new wife who I'm supposed to be leading and guiding and, and, and taking care of and providing for and all this different stuff. And I've utterly failed our first road trip together. And I'm so nervous. And, and, and it goes past nervous to the point where after about 30 minutes, I really kind of start to get scared uh, of trying to figure out what we're going to do. And so we drive around a little bit more. And I got just enough signal at one point to check my GPS to get us back on the right path. And I had to memorize the directions. And I finally got us in like on some just crazy end of, of Gatlinburg. We're like near the um, like flea markets, like way down the road. Um, we get there. The three and a half-ish hour trip ended up taking us almost six by the time it was all said and done. I had severely lost my way and as soon as I realized that I was lost and completely without hope my whole world crumbled and every bit of fear and anxiety just spread through me and there was nothing I could do there was nothing I physically could do to make the situation any better not a thing and Olivia was cool and calm because that's just who she is but even she started to get a little bit worried. We were maxed out on effort at that point. You know, we couldn't keep driving because we were going to run out of gas. Um, and you talk about nervous and freaked out and scared. Run out of gas in the middle of the woods in Tennessee, that would have been a whole other level. But it was all because I lost my way. You know, and I believe when I read the verses that we're about to read tonight, I believe that that kind of feeling was probably something similar to what the disciples felt in the situation that they were in. I'm sure that the, the situation that they're about to find themselves in, and we're going to look at it in just a second, was similar. They, they found themselves in a place they severely didn't want to be, a place they were scared, a place they'd lost all hope, and a place that they were at their end of their own efforts. And they didn't know what to do. So when you look at verse or chapter 14, We've gotten to the end of Jesus' life and ministry. <clears throat> we, we see that he's already washed the disciples' feet. He's already talked about how one will betray him. Um, he's, he's already foretold that, that Peter was, was going to betray him three times. And Peter's like, "Nah, I'm not going to do it. And he's like, it's going to happen. You're going to deny me three times before this day's over. And then after all these conversations, he's, he's left the Last Supper And he starts to talk to his people. He starts to talk to his disciples. And he he starts to tell them that everything is about to end. So we're going to read verses 1 through 7. It says this. It says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I got to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also, and you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on you do know him and have seen him. You see, the the disciples, when they decided to follow Jesus, when Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, he called them all individually. They gave up everything, absolutely everything. I mean, they left boatloads full of fish, and they left and they followed with him for at least a year and a half, probably a year, and, you know, like 18 months, 20 months, something like that. It wasn't the full three years, because if you look at the timeline, that's just not how it works. So for over a year... We've pretty much spent every day with this man, this man who claimed to be the Messiah, who they had seen do these amazing works, who they'd seen do these amazing miracles. He had walked on water, he had fed 5,000 people with two loaves and, and, and some fish. He'd done so much, and he was saying over and over again, I'm the one that sent, I'm the one that says that, he, or that was prophesied to be sent. I'm the one, I'm the one, I am the Son of God. And in their minds, their, their whole world was like, okay, sweet. That means he's going to come restore Israel. He's going to get us out of bondage of Rome. He's going to establish this new kingdom. And we're going to have our deliverer. Just like all of the context of, of Jewish culture is. You know, they, they would get in trouble and then some person would come and rescue them. It's so every, like the whole book of Judges, the entire book of Judges is about. They get in trouble, and then some dude rises up and sets them free, and for a while they're good. And then they get back in trouble, and then some dude shows up and sets them free, and they're good for a little while. And then a lady shows up, and her story is probably one of the coolest, and then sets them free. Like it's this whole thing about how Israel always gets into captivity because they don't listen to God. And then somebody has to come and set them free. And that's what they were looking for in the Messiah, somebody to get them out of Roman oppression. And so when they saw Jesus, they saw hope, they saw redemption, they saw, if you will, the GPS that was going to lead them to their destination. But then Jesus flips everything on them and says, I've given you all this. I've told you all this. I am who I've said I am. But I'm leaving you. And you're not going to have me for a little while. I'm leaving you to go and do what I've told you. And so their whole world is wrecked and i i I strongly believe that that's that's what jesus says in that first verse it says let not your hearts be troubled he was looking out on 12 men or 11 men one had gone and was going to betray him and he saw the heartbreak in their hearts he saw the 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 the, the disappointment the fear and the anxiety because the man that had led them was about to leave them there's about to be a separation and for the first time in a year and a half they weren't going to know what to do they weren't going to know what to do every day when they got up. They're not going to know where to go. They're not going to have their, their leadership. It was all almost coming to an end for them. He was concerned for his people about what they're about to go through. And Jesus' heart broke for the ones that, that were going to have this anxiety and be scared and for them to have doubts. So Jesus is, is is concerned about their well-being. He's concerned about their, their welfare. But he, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. He says, believe in God, believe also in me. So you believe in God, you believe in this power, you believe in, in this, this, this being. Believe in me also. If you believe in him, believe in me. In my Father's house, in God's house, where I'm going, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that i go prepare a place for you? So he says, I'm leaving you, I'm leaving you, but I'm, I'm going to this destination ahead of you. So we're gonna break off for a little bit and, and I've gotta leave you, but I'm going to a place and I'm gonna get everything set up for you. It's just like my parents told me, like, we're gonna go to the cabin, we're gonna get the food set up, we'll pick out the bedrooms, everything will be good, but, but we're gonna have to go earlier. You're gonna come after me. He says, I'm going to prepare that place for you. I'm going to set it up. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and I'll take you to myself, that where you may be also. So there's going to be this time period where they're by themselves, but he's coming, he's getting them away, and he's, he's going to come back for them. And then you see a lot in, in Thomas' response. He says, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? It's almost like this whole revelation is just this huge shock for him. It's like, we didn't even know you were going somewhere. Like why are you just now dropping this on us? And if you look back, Jesus has dropped it on him like several times, but they just never got it. He said, What are you talking? We don't know the way. We don't have a clue. There's there's all this doubt and fear that sits on them. He says, What are you talking about? We don't have a clue what the way is. We don't have a clue how to do this. You've, you've told us all this stuff you want us to do. You've, you've said that we're supposed to go out and we're, we're supposed to make disciples and we're supposed to do all this stuff and we're supposed to act these miracles out and, and you want us to continue to live the way that you're wanting us to do, but you're leaving us and now we don't know what to do and, and we never knew you were leaving us and so they kind of freak themselves out and Thomas is a doubter to begin with. We see that even later on. And then Jesus responds in, in probably the most profound way. It's a way that's got so many levels and so much to it, and I, I want to spend the bulk of our time on that tonight. Jesus' response is, is this, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says, Thomas, I know all of you are scared. I know all this is about to get really, really weird for you, and It does. All the disciples, in just a few short moments, Jesus is about to be arrested, and all of them scatter and disperse. In the morning, there's nobody left with Jesus. He's by himself. All the apostles flee. It's a hard time for them. He says, I know it's about to be tough. But hear me, it's it's me that's the way. I'm the one that's gonna show you everything that you need to do the apostles didn't know that he was going to die on the cross apostles didn't know that, that he was going to raise in three days they would never really had that sink in it doesn't say that they really understood it until after he's been resurrected to after he'd shown them exactly what, what was going to happen it's going to be hard they didn't understand it That's what Jesus was saying. Jesus is saying, my whole purpose in being here, everything that I am, it was to make you guys, but I've got to go and die on this cross. I've got to go and make a way back to the Father. The way doesn't exist yet. There's separation. You you look back in the fall, and it's cool, as I was studying this, You you almost have, and y'all follow me and and try not to get lost in this analogy, but just kind of hear what I'm trying to say. There's almost in the apostles a second Garden of Eden. Because when we got kicked out of the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, we just talked about this on Wednesday night, when sin entered the world, humanity was separated from God, right? Didn't have the same kind of communion with God anymore. Couldn't walk in the cool of the evening with God anymore. Couldn't spend time with him. Couldn't ask questions with him. There was not communication one-on-one physically like there was in the garden for a very, very, very long time. Some estimates are like eight. I think it's like eight thousand years is 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 from the time of the garden to um, when Jesus comes. But the apostles had a whole different thing that they got to be a part of. They literally got to walk with Jesus. They got to walk and spend time with Jesus just like Adam and Eve did in the garden. So it's kind of like a second Garden of Eden here. And Jesus says, the first time you guys got kicked out of this whole agreement, but this time I'm coming to bring everything back home and I'm the one that has to leave. I'm the one that has to take this burden of sin because there's separation. You guys, you can't have true relationship with the Father. You can't have true relationship with me until I've made this payment. Jesus had to die. He had to restore everything. He had to fulfill the prophecy in Genesis when it says that the snake says, uh, Jesus says to the snake, it says, you, know, you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. That's what God is saying. He's prophesying Jesus. And Jesus is saying when he says, I'm the way, I've got to create the way to get you guys from here back to God. I'm here to restore relationship. I'm here to restore hope. I'm here to restore Everything about the relationship that you were supposed to have with God. And the only way I can do that is to be separated from you for a little while and to go and prepare the place that you were always supposed to be a part of. He says, I'm the only way that that can happen. And he says... And i'm the truth that everything that i'm saying you can stand on you can believe because it's this truth and it's the truth from god it's not a relative truth it's not your truth my truth his truth it's the truth the one and only truth the absolute truth about how this whole thing works jesus had to die on the cross so that we could have relationship with god without his death and resurrection we have nothing or we are eternally damned to hell that's just the truth of it and he says i'm the way i'm going to create a way and it's the truth you can believe it and when you do i'm going to be the one that gives you life i'm the way the truth and the life and so god creates that he creates that and after he is risen he goes back to the disciples he meets with them he says he's going to send a helper because the crazy thing is, is is after jesus dies the way is made right so jesus dies he resurrects now people have the opportunity to have access to heaven. Does that make sense? The opportunity is there. The destination is created. The way to get there is created. But the problem is it's like this secret path, the secret trail. And without the disciples, not a single person would know anything about it. He created a way, and in that way there was truth and life. But without the disciples that way would have been hidden forever for everybody. Only the 12 would have gotten it and the people that were with Jesus at the time that understood and saw him, and that'd be it. We would have no hope now. So Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. I have done everything necessary to get humanity back to me, but I need you to do one thing for me. I need you to go be the way after I go home. I need you to tell people, about the way, because without you, tw- you 11, nobody will ever be able to understand how amazing my hope and my peace and my truth in my life are. Nobody will understand. And so what Jesus does in the Great Commission when he says, I, I need you guys to go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, he says, I've created this way. I've created the way back from me or from where you guys are to heaven. But you have to be the ones to tell people and show people what the way is. So what Jesus is saying is, you guys have to go and tell the lost world about who I am. You have to go tell the lost world that the bridge that was broken is now fixed and repaired. You guys have to go live in such a way that that shows people the truth of who Jesus Christ is and uh, tell them about the life that he brings with him. We're not just called to go and be a church country club. We're not just called to come to church on Sunday nights. We have been commissioned with the same commission that the the disciples were. We are the only ones, we as Christians, are the only ones that know the way. The only ones... And it's our job to tell the rest of the world. Because I believe in that moment with the disciples that they finally understood what it was like to be, be separated from Jesus. You see, they, they had Jesus for a year and a half, right? They spent time with him every day. And then Jesus was leaving. And then for three days for three days, they got to experience what it was like to have every ounce of hope, every ounce of, of, of peace in their life completely taken away from them. They got to experience separation from the Father because it says that they were locked in a room, they were, they were terrified, they, they dealt with a lot of emotions. Jesus had to tell them to, to not let their hearts be troubled. It was a bad situation they were in, and Jesus showed them those things. And helped them realize what it was like to be separated and it gave them more of a mission to go and show the rest of the world and see so that's what we have to do as well i think a lot of times when we become christians we completely forget about what we were like when we were lost we completely forget about what it was like in that moment to realize that you were completely separated from god we forget that we haven't always had access to the father we forget that we haven't always had the ability to plead with him and pray to him and and, and repent to him that there was a time that we were awful, horrible, dirty, rotten sinners. The Bible gives this giant list of, of sins, and it says, And such were some of you. We forget our lostness. One more point, and it's, it's something that, I, uh, that happened at a, a leader's training that we, that we had, not a, just a few, it was probably about a month ago, wasn't it? We had that training, something like that. We're talking about the Passover. And we got to the part where people were marking their doors with the blood. Everybody know what I'm talking about? The story, they're coming out of Egypt. There's like the last plague where the death angel's coming. He says that you have to sacrifice a lamb, and you have to do a bunch of different stuff to eat it, and, and, and make sure you do it right. But then you have to put the blood over the doorpost so that that blood is a, is a representation of, of, of your, your covering so that you don't have your firstborn son taken. And so they did all this. And I asked the question, <clears throat> do you think there was anybody in Israel that didn't do it, that didn't put the blood over their, their house? And, and the, the response from everybody was no, absolutely not. I'm sure everybody did. And I said, why? Because they, it, their response was because they realized how awful it was to be a slave. They knew how awful it was to be in bondage in Egypt, and all they wanted was freedom. And I, says, I asked the question, so do you have to realize that you are a slave before you can seek your freedom. And they said, yes, I said that's exactly how Christianity works. You have to realize that you're in bondage, that you're a slave before you can seek freedom. And a lot of times we forget what being in bondage is like. You see, the rest of the world, the rest of the people that you spend every day with, if they don't have Jesus, they're in bondage. If they don't know the love of Christ, they're in bondage, and they're a slave. And it is up to us to show them the way. The way's been made. Jesus made it. He gave us access to life. He gave us access to the f- full untainted truth. And it's our job to go take it because there's a whole world living in bondage that needs to know what the way is. And that's what I ask this group to be about. What you're gonna get from me and what you're gonna get from these leaders is, is no fluff. We don't do fluff. I'm not gonna give away earpods, AirPods. I'm not gonna give away $60 gift cards. I'm not gonna do all that. One, we don't have the budget for it. I'd love to give you all earpods, AirPods. AirPods. <laughs> I don't know why I keep messing that up. But we we'll don't have the money for that. And the money that we do have is gonna be used to train you guys to actually be the way. So we'll do some fun stuff, we'll do some cool stuff, but I am not wired to give you anything but the pure hard just straight to the point truth, because there is a battlefield waiting you as soon as you walk out these doors. There's people that are lost that you see every day. And you guys are going to be challenged with all kinds of stuff as you grow and you move on, especially when college hit and life, adult life hits. You're going to be challenged with drinking, you're going to be challenged with drugs. Everybody in the world in college wants, seems to don't to have sex like crazy. You're going to be faced with those issues. You are. It's what happens. And if you are not trained well here, if you are not trained well in the place that's supposed to equip you, then you will fall out there. You will. Scott Miller was a a heck of a good youth pastor. I went through his whole thing, led and did everything, but I never got a good foundation for myself and I screwed up royally after I left. Y'all have heard my story. You've heard my testimony. You've got to get founded and strengthened here, which is why we're doing things like the reading plan this year guys if you want to be strong in your faith you have to pick the bible up you can't leave it here for safekeeping so you don't lose it you have to take it home with you we have a reading plan so that you get in the word every day and the the small groups are based off of that it's not because i want you to see this as school but it's because i want you to have the tools you need for the rest of your life I talked to adult leaders today and stuff that we're teaching the 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 children the little children and they made the response of I've never heard that story before teachers and leaders that's not okay you shouldn't have been a Christian for for 15 years of your life and never read the whole Bible it's what we base everything that we believe on right it's a big deal so no you might not like me all the time you might not like your leaders all the time We may not be the most fun, hip, happening youth group. And I use those words specifically because that's not cool. We don't have all the bells and whistles. But I guarantee you, if you will do what your leaders and I ask, you will be a very different person this time next year. You will have the strength to stand before anything this world throws at you and say, no, but I believe in Jesus because I know that he is the way the only way to stand in the face of sin, the only way to stand in the face of oppression, the only way to stand when somebody looks at you and says, are you a Christian? That's crazy, that's stupid. You, you're the biggest idiot on the planet. It's the only way is to know Jesus fully. When depression hits, when something bad happens, when you've got death in your life, when you get to be an adult and you, you come into some financial situations where you've got no hope, you're going to find yourself, just like I found myself in Gatlinburg, at the end of your rope against all odds and at the end of every effort that you can make, at, at the end of max effort. And you know what's at the end of max effort? Jesus. And if you know him, he will always, always, always be there to give you what you need to make it out of the situation. There's literal promises in the Bible that say when you're tempted, he will always provide an exit. We talked about this. He always sends a talking donkey. For all of you that were here for the gross, weird, true stories. If you don't know that, it's a story in Numbers. It's about Balaam and the talking donkey. It's cool. It's a really short read. Go look it up. Or follow the reading plan. We'll get to it. This year, we're going to take our our, our youth ministry more serious than ever. Because let's just be real, we've lost some people this year. It's been a hard year for our church. But you guys are still here. And you have friends, right? Has everybody at least got one friend? Thank you, John. I'm glad you got friends. The rest of these people are losers. Everybody in here knows somebody that's lost. And I'm not saying they need new life. I'm saying they need Jesus and I know that at new life they get it. They get it from Sunday mornings and they get it from here. So we need to be the people of the way this year. We need to be the church this year because I don't care anything about growing this church but I do care about growing the kingdom and it's up to you guys to do that. Be the way. Be the truth. Show people that there's a way back to God. Show people that the separation that happened in the garden doesn't have to be eternal for them we can have fellowship with god we can have fellowship with jesus and you can know the one that created you that's what hodos is about that's what hodos means we are going to pride ourselves on being people of the way so challenge you as you go as i'm I'm about to pray and close this out challenge you one have you found that security do you know christ because you ain't telling nothing you ain't telling nobody nothing if you don't know who he is And have you struggled over the past few months? Have you ran away from God? Have you ran away from the scriptures? Have you ran away from truth? It's as easy as just coming back to Him. Getting involved here. Make church a priority. I'm sorry, but your 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 sports stuff is not a priority. It's cool when it can get you some scholarships, but I've seen all of you play. None of you are going pro. It's just truth. Ain't none of y'all good enough to go pro. But you can base your life on Christ. And I'm not saying sports are bad. I'm not saying any of that. And if you have to miss every now and then, that's fine. It's whatever. But make church a priority. Be here. Be here when the doors are open. So it's not just us having fun. I'm not trying to brag on me or anything that we're doing. But every time you, you're here, you're going to get Jesus. I may not be the most eloquent speaker. I might mess it up sometimes. But I know that you get Jesus. And I know that on Wednesday nights you get Jesus. I know on Sunday mornings you get Jesus. Don't come for me. Come for the fact that you get Jesus here. I challenge you to step your game up this year. As Franklin pushes too many buttons and kills the whole system. What happened? Technology. (laughs) So, I love you guys hope that message made some sort of sense um next week we will not have sunday night service because we'll be at the table um if you've not signed up for the table you can still sign up for the table i'm signing people up till friday um it's gonna be an amazing event but you've got paperwork on this back table that you have to have i'm gonna start being insanely strict okay if you show up and don't have your paperwork i'm not gonna put jane in a bond anymore you just won't come so if I tell you that you need a notary stamp on your permission slip before I can take you anywhere, I mean it. So get your paperwork done. You've got a whole week. Take it with you. Don't lose it. If you do lose it, call me. I will personally bring you a copy. Get your stuff in. You've got a liability thing from us that's good for a whole year and you've got to look up lodge paperwork that you've got to get signed. I don't want to be mean because it breaks my heart. I cry. Um, I'm a softie. Just bring your stuff. And it puts Jane in a weird position to notarize things that... like. I know she knows people, but still, let's not do that to her. Um, yeah, I can be, I can be the there you go. <laughs> Two people putting their foot down. Let's be grown ups. Yes. It's really not hard. Just get your paperwork signed. Um, other than that, I love y'all dearly. I really genuinely love every person in this room with everything I've got. Use us more this year. Use your leaders. Use the people that are here. We've got just as many adult leadership here as we do youth groups sometimes. Use us. There's one for everybody. Um, but I'm going to pray, um, and you guys can you know, goof off, have fun, eat chicken. God, I love you. Father, I, you put it on my heart three years ago that we would be a youth group that was different. And I believe with everything that's in me, that we are a youth group that's different. We hold people to different standards. We hold people to stronger standards. And I firmly believe that there's nothing that needs to be off limits when it comes to youth and it comes to church. God, if we need to talk about sex this year, let's talk about it. If we need to talk about you know, anything off color or just the, 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 the things that are actually going on in the world, let's talk about it. God, I pray that we're a youth group that never shies away from the world. God, empower the leaders in this church to take our own walks to the next level. God, empower this youth group to to take their relationships to the next level. God, bless this group with the motivation to carry on, the willpower to carry on. God, guard them from the the temptations and the attacks, the spiritual warfare that's going to pull them away from from actually reading and actually spending time with you. God, guard me from that. God, change us this year. God, I pray that, that, that we would see salvations this year. I pray that we would see lives change. I, s- I pray that we would end this year with, with discipleship, mentorship, pro- things going on, one-on-one relationships from our leaders and our students. I pray that you would call people from this, this, this ministry and this church into ministry. I pray that there would be some that go on and, and, and have, have full-time careers in ministry just proclaiming who you are. I want to see that here I want to see the body grow God said bless us